my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Perhaps what makes these 40 days of Lent, and especially Holy Week, so challenging is that we experience them in so many different ways. There are times when we learn of the signs and wonders worked by Jesus. There are times when we share the extent to which his ministry shook up the world, our social institutions, and even our own lives. And there are times for especially deep reflection and prayer. But above all, dear friends, Lent and Holy Week our journey. For us as individuals, as a congregation, and as the church. And as a journey, you and I are drawn tonight into movement and action. We walk with Jesus throughout Galilee. We walk with Jesus into Jerusalem. And we walk with Jesus to the cross. Indeed, we followers of Jesus are a people on the move. Tonight our journey takes us to the room where Jesus gathered with his disciples for one last meal together. Yet again, the gospel draws us into the movement and actions that take place there. In an act of totally unexpected humility, Jesus strips down and bends to wash the filthy feet of his disciples. So shocking was this act that Peter protested loudly, but Jesus persisted. The emotion, the pathos, and particularly the scandal of this scene are difficult for you and I to comprehend. Clearly Jesus knew that he had already been betrayed and understood what soon would transpire. And while the disciples seemingly were unaware of the events unfolding around them, John provides us with a sense of the foreboding which hung over this gathering in this upper room. Most remarkable, however, were Jesus' actions themselves. You see, they were scandalous that any man in a decidedly patriarchal society, let alone the Son of God, would stoop to among the most revolting and humiliating tasks, washing other men's feet, is truly extraordinary. Not only did it violate social norms, it was repulsive. Think about it. Think about where the disciples' feet had been what they walked through, how their gnarled toes looked, how they smelled. No wonder Peter protested. Now, perhaps like me, I suspect you often hear stories like this, stories of Jesus' hapless, confused, and generally clueless disciples with amusement, if not a bit of contempt. How could it take them so long to realize Jesus as the Son of God? 
How could they so struggle with their own faith? And how could they so regularly misunderstand his preaching? Yet this story, this washing of the disciples' feet and the disciples' reaction to it is one with which we can all easily empathize. Seriously, aren't you just a bit nervous about taking off your socks in front of the rest of us? Doesn't this level of intimacy seem a little bit creepy? Do you really want to touch somebody else's toes? But there's far more to this act than just making us uncomfortable. The implications of this self-effacing act of humble service are inescapable. For all that he is and will be, Jesus makes clear that the essence of faith is the acceptance of God's love and the willingness to share it freely, abundantly, without reservation. Just as I have loved you, he says, you also should love one another. We will be marked, you and me, by our care for all within our reach, symbolically in foot washing, but also in comforting the desperate, healing the pain and wrapping our arms around all who find themselves frightened and alone this night. Indeed, as Jesus concludes, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This simple and profoundly humble act of washing feet and Jesus' summons to service and love would provide us with more than enough on which to ponder tonight. Yet if we were to limit our conversation to just them, I think we miss the thrust of his challenge to the disciples and to us. You see, there's another action we recall this evening that encompasses the breadth of the love Jesus encourages and the depth of ministry to which we're called. It is, after all, this night, this Monday, Thursday, when the church throughout the world gathers not only to wash feet, but to commemorate the institution of the Eucharist, the Holy Communion we regularly share at this table, the Holy Communion we share with Jesus, the Holy Communion we share with each other. Like the journey that has brought us to this point, it is grounded in movement and action. We're invited to this table to share fully in the body and blood of our Lord. We take the elements that Jesus gave us, unleavened bread and wine. We bless these elements, asking that God would make them for us Jesus' body and blood that we might share in the totality of his sacrifice. The bread is broken, and wine poured in preparation for our meal together. And it is given to us in remembrance of him. These acts, this movement, are the essential features of making the Eucharist, taking, blessing, breaking, giving. To be sure, 
we mark this evening with specific actions. Washing feet and making Eucharist. But further action is required of us in the several days ahead. As Jesus announced in this evening's gospel, we have much to do. We will join him in the garden for prayer. We will trudge the streets of Jerusalem with him to Golgotha. And we will be with him as a stone seals his tomb. But as Jesus announced in his concluding speech to his disciples, there is yet still more to do. And that work, to love and serve God, also awaits us in the days ahead. 